This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Sports Show. Sorry, my voice is not that great. I've been dealing with sore throat these last few days, but no worries. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Let's get you started with your sports fact of the week. Um, today is November 7th on a Thursday uh, here in 2019. On this day, November 7th in 1954, our very own Cleveland Browns, Chet Hanilak, sets the team record with seven punt returns and win by their largest margin of victory in history, beating Washington by a score of 62-3. to An absolute walloping of a victory for the Browns. They're going to want that. Uh, this week at home, but we'll talk about that later um, in the episode. I also want to remind you, soccer fans, the MLS Cup um, final from CenturyLink Field Stadium in Seattle will kick off this Sunday, November 10th at 3 p.m. You can catch the game on ABC, um, as I said, from CenturyLink Field in Seattle. Um, Crew fans, you may have remembered when Seattle um, won the MLS Cup in Columbus at Matt Free Stadium four years ago. They'll try to do the same on their home turf this time um, in 2019. Moving on from soccer to basketball, let's give you an update on some Cavs action. Now, this last uh, week for the Cavs, was not a great one. They've officially lost. Um, they've officially gone on a losing streak. 95-102 loss to the Pacers um, this past Friday night. In the second quarter of that Cavs-Pacers matchup in Indianapolis, the Cavs only scored 11 total points in the second quarter. And John Beeline was even talking about, you know, that prop may have been um, the least number of passes completed in the cor- uh, in a quarter for NBA history. The Cavs just did not move the ball well enough in that second quarter. Only scored 11 points um, compared to 23 in the second quarter for the Pacers. And um, Indiana eventually pulled away with that momentum with a 95-102 win. In that uh, Pacers game for the Cavs, Chetty Osman only 10 points. Kevin Love played well in 35 points or 35 minutes, 22 points. Uh, Tristan Thompson had his worst game of the season at that point with only 7 points in 31 minutes. Colin Sexton played well with 21 points in 37 minutes. And then Jordan Clarkson off the bench has looked consistent now. 20 points in 27 minutes off the bench for John Beeline. Now, the Cavs did um, have a two-game home streak at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse after that loss to the Pacers in Indianapolis. Um, however, they did um, begin that homestand uh, with a loss to Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. The Cavs were outscored 41-25 to in the fourth quarter. It was competitive um, throughout the game. The Cavs were only down by three after the first quarter. Um, The score in the second quarter was 27-25. The Cavs actually um, outscored the Mavericks 33-32 in the third quarter, but that fourth quarter just killed the Cavs um, as they gave up 41 total points. 
Luka Doncic that night, 29 points with 14 rebounds and 15 assists for a triple-double. Kristaps Porzingis put in 18 for the Mavericks. Jalen Brunson with 14. Seth Curry, not Steph Curry, Seth Curry, uh, Steph's brother, with 13 points in 22 minutes. And Tim Hardaway Jr., who's, you know, a model of consistency, just like Jordan Clarkson, with 12 points in 22 minutes off the bench. Bomar Marjanovic also had a uh, qual- had a nice game on Sunday night in the win over the Cavs. 12 points uh, in 15 total minutes. For the Cavs in that matchup against the Mavericks, Kevin Love again played well. 29 points um, on the night, but he was the only Cavalier to score at least 20 points. The next highest scorer was Jordan Clarkson off the bench, who had 17 points in 22 minutes for the Cavs. The most recent game for the Cleveland Cavaliers was a um, that conclusion of that two-game homestand at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. And ladies and gentlemen, it was unfortunately a loss to Kemba Walker and the Boston Celtics. The Celtics have actually won five in a row and are looking... Um, looking consistent now, um, but the Cavs actually made it a game in the fourth quarter. It looked like the Cav, uh, the Celtics were going to pull away and win by a decent margin, but the Cavs hung in there and almost were able to force uh, the game to go into overtime. Gordon Hayward arguably had his best game as a member of the Celtics. He had 39 points in 34 minutes to go along with seven rebounds and eight assists. Jason Tatum Um, Came in with 18 points in 34 minutes, 7 rebounds, and an assist to go along with that as well. Kemba Walker hit clutch shots down the stretch. 25 points in 34 minutes for Walker. And Carson Edwards, again off the bench, has been um, looking spried for the Celtics. 13 minutes, uh, or 13 points, excuse me, in 15 minutes. Now, I was at this Cavs-Celtics game, I was in attendance, and let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not been, if you have not been to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse yet, you really might want to consider getting down there. They have really done a terrific job with the renovations. Um, The concourses uh, aren't as, uh, are almost the same size, but they've added a lot more features uh, inside the arena. They've added a lot more um, along the concourses, a lot of food options. A lot for you to, you know, really uh, get hooked onto. So if you haven't been down there in a while, I really suggest you see, uh, go to a Cavs game, go to a Lake Erie Monsters game, and just check out what Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse has to offer. Uh, even though it's not Quicken Loans Arena anymore, its renovation is still pretty exciting. And I was definitely very impressed with what I saw when I attended this Cavs-Celtics game on Tuesday night. Now, I mentioned the Cavs losing 119-113 to the Celtics. They made it competitive. And Kevin Love um, had something to say in his post-game interview concerning overall what Brad Stevens has um, in terms of implementing with, uh, with his team in Boston and what the Cavs weren't really able to do down the stretch in their loss to the Celtics. Take a listen. Uh, well, yeah, they're, I mean, Brad Stevens does exactly what he wants out of those guys. They're in, uh, you know, great spots. They, they can play small ball, but uh, their band of basketball is great. And 
I think Coach was just uh, you know, really wanting us to share the ball, get the ball side to side because we didn't have that many assists at halftime. I think we had 15 in the second half. So just sharing the ball, uh, obviously getting stops. I think Hayward was really you know, had the best, one, probably one of the best games of his career tonight. And you know, they hit some big threes down the stretch, but we felt like we gave ourselves a chance. We just couldn't get over the top. Obviously, the Cavs unable to get um, over the top in Tuesday's matchup, but they'll have their chances down the stretch here. They have a three-game road trip all on the East Coast um, in their next few games. Tomorrow, they'll be in Washington, D.C. at Capital One Arena to take on Bradley Beal and the Washington Wizards. That should honestly be a very, very nip-and-tuck game. We'll see what the Cavs have to offer. And this is going to be a game that's on na- going to be on national television. It will be on um, ESPN for you to watch. The Cavaliers will then, after their encounter with the Wizards at Capital One Arena, will head to the Big Apple, New York City, and at Madison Square Garden to face off against the New York Knicks and R.J. Barrett. The Knicks are currently only 1-7. They've lost four in a row, so uh, the Cavs are 2-5 and five on the season. The standings are now starting to shape up, but we'll see what the Knicks have to offer. The Knicks are 1-2 at home at Madison Square Garden, so the Cavs definitely have a chance to grab some momentum against the Knicks and take that into their final home uh, game of the three-game road trip in Philadelphia at Wells, Wells Fargo Center against the 76ers, where they will um, be hosted by Joel Embiid, um, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, you know that Sixers crew, who have looked very, very dominant. Indeed, the Sixers are 5-2. and two. They've actually lost two in a row, however, and had their first 5 nothing uh, or 5-0 start since 2000. So this 76ers team is looking dominant and is looking to really make some noise in the Eastern Conference. But we will see what they have to offer. After that game against the Sixers, the Cavs will then come home for two quick games against the Heat and then again against Philadelphia. The current standings for the NBA include um, the Celtics in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics hold the top spot of the Eastern Conference at 5-1. and one. As I mentioned previously, they've won five in a row. The defending champions, the Raptors, um, are 5-2 and two currently in that fifth spot in the Eastern Conference. The Cavs are th- in 13th place. They're actually tied with the Wizards. Um, we'll see who's able, going to be able to move up in those rankings in tomorrow night's matchup. Uh, the Wizards are 2-5 and five as well. They have lost one, and they are 1-2 and two at home. So we will see what the Wizards will have in store for the, the Cavs tomorrow. And as I mentioned, the Knicks are in last place at 1-7. and seven. The Knicks are the only team in the Eastern Conference without uh, not even two wins. In the Western Conference, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and his Lakers are thriving after that opening night loss um, against the Clippers at Staples Center. The Lakers have uh, wheeled off six straight wins, their most recent one in Chicago on Tuesday night. The Mavericks, however, are right behind 
Um, the LA Lakers at five and two. They've won two in a row. James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and the Houston Rockets are five and three on the season and are coming off a win uh, by 17 uh, last night against the Golden State Warriors at Toyota Center in Houston. Kawhi Leonard and his Los Angeles Clippers are five and three. Uh, they lost their most recent game against the Milwaukee Bucks, 129 to 124. However, that was a game in which Kawhi Leonard did not even play in. So, r really hard to um, gauge that perspective when one superstar doesn't play. You know, let alone Paul George still not returning from that um, injury. We hope to see him soon, however. I will so say, though, if you are a Clippers fan, the fact that neither of the two of your two superstars played and you were able to hold the Milwaukee Bucks only um, down by five points in the end to lose the game, that definitely tells me that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have a terrific supporting cast behind them. And I'm looking forward to see what this Clippers team is going to present in terms of their consistency in the NBA, especially as the season progresses and gets more grueling as well as challenging. Lastly, in terms of the NBA, our featured games today, we only have four of them for you. Two of them are on doubleheaders for TNT tonight. The Celtics will be in Charlotte to face off against the Hornets. Kemba Walker will be making his return to Charlotte um, as a member of the Boston Celtics. And then the Trailblazers will be in Los Angeles to take on the Clippers tonight at Staples Center. Back-to-back um, -back, um, home games. The second night of a back-to-back -back for the Clippers. We'll see if Kawhi Leonard will be playing now against Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and the Blazers. The other two games include the Thunder and the Spurs from San Antonio at AT&T Center. And then the Miami Heat will be in Phoenix to take on the Sun. And Browns fans know it's not game day, so I can't be playing the music just today. We have to wait a couple more days before the Buffalo Bills get to town at First Energy Stadium against for a match against the Browns, which will kick off uh, three straight uh, home games for the Browns at First Energy Stadium, beginning with the Browns or the Bills. Now I have a lot of people who have been talking about. Uh, I've heard a lot of rumors that the Browns have a much easier schedule. Um, the Browns have a much easier schedule as their second half of the season begins. We shall see what the Browns will have in store against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are currently 6-2 and two in the AFC East, um, only um, about two games behind the New England Patriots. Um, for that top spot, the Patriots are 8-1. and one. The Browns are 2-6 and six after that unfortunate loss to the Denver Broncos, where, ladies and gentlemen, the Browns were um, down by 7, uh, score was 7 nothing after the first quarter. The Browns did um, gain a little momentum in the second quarter, only down 5 at halftime. But then the Denver Broncos um, poured it on in, um, or scored another touchdown in the third quarter, followed by a Browns touchdown 
um, to get that lead back to five, but it was all little too late. Um, Baker Mayfield um, with one touchdown, 273 yards on the um, on the afternoon in Denver. Now we have some analysts discussing um, some of the NFL's best analysts discussing their uh, predictions and their analysis for this Week 10 matchup at First Energy Stadium for the Browns and the and the Buffalo Bills. Take a listen. Bills hit the road this week with the smell of a playoff berth growing stronger and stronger with each passing win. They'll get a Brown squad that may be left playing for pride at this point. We'll see if any of our experts think that's enough to motivate them to a win, but first let's break down some stats. The Bills' ground game should be prominent again this week, but it may officially be led by Devin Singletary this time around. Singletary into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo! Singletary picked up 95 yards on 20 carries, by far his season high, and did it on 4.8 yards a carry. Singletary's had to fight through some injuries this year, but he had already flashed his potential on several big runs earlier this season. But regardless of which Bill has been running it, their team as a whole has been picking up over 4.5 yards per run, which is 11th best. Now, pair those numbers with the ones put up by Cleveland's run D, that just gave up 10.2 yards a carry to Philip Lindsay last week, and that's given up a hefty 5 yards a carry on the season, and you can see why the Bills might be licking their chops a little. The ground could be the preferred method of travel when the Browns have the ball too. Nick Chubb for the corner, touchdown Browns! Cleveland's rushing attack has been one of the most efficient in the NFL this season, hitting at over five yards a run. Plus, Kareem Hunt's suspension is finally over, so the Browns could have quite the two-back rotation at their disposal. And while the Bills' overall D is good, their run defense hasn't been as strong, surrendering 108 yards to Adrian Peterson at six yards a pop last week and giving up 4.4 yards a carry on the season. But moving the ball through the air against Buffalo, that's a different story. Folks, one for the end zone and just off the fingertips. The Bills are top five in passer rating allowed, passing yards per attempt allowed, and completion percentage allowed. And they'll go ahead and throw in a top five in passing yards per game allowed, free of charge. They would seem to hold the upper hand against Baker Mayfield, who is averaging less than 250 yards a game passing, while throwing just seven TDs against 12 picks and ranking 31st in passer rating. But everyone seems to keep waiting for him and OBJ to finally have that one game that turns it all around. Is this the week? Or will the Bills' march to playoff status roll on through Ohio? Prediction time is upon us. Mayfield, Landry, breaks the tackle of Harris, takes it in! Now, ladies and gentlemen, more specifically, those predictions included from Daniel Jeremiah, the Browns win by 21-17. to 17. Uh, Colleen Wolf said the Browns will win 13-10. to 10, And Adam Rank said the Buffaloes will pull off um, the road win 20-17. to 17. Now, with Kareem Hunt back, the Browns will definitely have some momentum heading into this game against the Bills. But as I mentioned, the Bills with a 6-2 record are looking also for a playoff berth that's going to be a tough train to stop if you're Baker Mayfield and the Browns. But we will see what they will have in store this week. Don't forget, um, 1 p.m. is 
the um, is game time for Sunday afternoon. Um, you can watch the game on CBS. Again, it's a home game for the Browns. First of three for this homestand at First Energy Stadium. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the Cle- this episode of the Cleveland Sports Show. Again, I am very, very sorry about my voice. Um, I'm, I don't sound uh, as amped as I usually am. Um, we will, I will be working on that, though, um, and hopefully I will be feeling a little bit better by the time our next episode rolls around. It just, it's a little bit unfortunate when you have to do a podcast and your throat's not feeling great. But either way, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very, very much for listening to my show. I really do appreciate it. If you haven't in a while, make sure you check out my Twitter account as I will be posting my interviews with Ray Horner on WAKR um, on there. You can also go to NordoniHills.News to see any podcasts that you may have missed. I also post my podcasts on Spotify. You can just type in my name, D-A-R-A-Y-U-S-S-E-T-H-N-A, and you should be able to access all of my podcast episodes. Until our next episode, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me on the Food and Sports Show, and have a terrific week. Go Cavs, go Browns. Thank you.